You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Tom Derry, CEO of the Institute for Supply Management. Managing change during turbulent times requires discipline, strategy, and focus. Emphasizing critical insights, powerful results, ISM 2017 features more than 75 interactive sessions as part of six learning tracks. With keynote speeches from former Secretary of State General Colin Powell and former Prime Minister of the United Kingdom David Cameron, ISM 2017 offers everyone from entry level to the C-suite the knowledge and insights needed to proactively manage supply chains in the ever-changing global economy. Joining me today is Tom Derry, CEO of the Institute for Supply Management. Tom, thank you so much for taking the time to sit and chat with us today. It's always my pleasure, Jeff. Tom, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? How did you get involved in supply management to begin with? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm happy to. I think I have a little bit of a unique background for persons in my position. I, uh, I've been in my role for uh, coming up on five years. Not quite. It'll be five years this summer. Um, but prior to that, I had about a nine-year run also in the not-for-profit sector with a group called the Association for Financial Professionals, which focused on the corporate finance function. So anything the CFO does or is responsible for within the boundaries of, of corporate America. And I uh, enjoyed that very much. That was a, a global operation. And I was, was responsible for teams in England and in Canada, as well as the United States. And I really enjoyed that work. And, and prior to that, I was in the private sector with the most recent job there being general manager of the business intelligence division of LexisNexis. So I ran business units based in Boston, uh, Washington, D.C., and New Jersey for uh, LexisNexis and uh, enjoyed that work very much. I had a chance to transition over to the not-for-profit sector with AFP, liked that work, and then I was contacted about the opportunity to join ISM back in 2012 and I think what the search committee liked was the blend of for-profit and not-for-profit experience that I was bringing to the role and, you know, some of the unique insights that come from being able to see a problem, I think, from both points of view. And although I didn't have formal experience in supply management at that time, I think they liked the mix of business skills that I brought and recognized that with a very strong staff and a great base of volunteers who all had deep domain expertise in supply management, I could add to that my unique set of skills uh, around general management, and that was a combination they were looking for to take ISM into its next stage of development. So that's, in brief, my background and, and how it resulted in my coming on board uh, with ISM back in 2012. And now I understand that ISM is the first and largest not-for-profit professional supply management organization in the world. Can you tell us a little bit more about ISM? Yeah, we're very proud of that history for, for many reasons. So. We were founded in 1915, so we're 102 years old this year. Uh, we certainly are the oldest and most prominent and largest organization of our type in the world. But coming with that, that long history is uh, a series of milestones that I, I try to remind myself of and our members of uh, because it's quite a proud history, and we need to continue to extend that kind of visionary work into the future. And what do I mean by that? I mean, for instance, we were the first organization to establish principles of ethics for the profession and propagate those broadly so that people could, in a, in a transparent way, understand the unique responsibilities that they hold on behalf of the companies they work for and the unique requirements that come along with those responsibilities and hold uh, themselves to a standard of accountability uh, in executing those responsibilities. So we're the first to do that. We're also the first organization in the world to put corporate social responsibility formally on the agenda 
for the profession and then ultimately for the companies that they work for. Uh, you know, we see many companies today talk about corporate social responsibility, and uh, they do so in a very sincere way because they understand the competitive threat uh, and, and the disruption that a failure to be strong in being a global corporate citizen uh, poses to the health of their businesses. And ISM, rightly so and proudly so, uh, takes a degree of credit for pointing out to companies that much of CSR is actually impacted and executed through the supply chain of your company. Mm-hmm. And we're proud of that responsibility. We launched the first certification uh, in, and this had certified more than 60,000 people over the last more than 40 years. So we've been a leading organization, a visionary organization over our 100 plus year history and that's why the, the longevity of the organization is so important, and I think uh, a great degree of its influence comes from uh, people appreciating that history. You have a big event taking place in May, ISM 2017. So May 21st to 24th at the happiest place on earth, Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. What's the focus of this event? Well, uh, this year, I think the, the main theme is around geopolitical disruption. Uh, what a year and a half we've had in the global economy. Last June, we had the, the surprising Brexit vote. Uh, we had uh, maybe maybe people will recall the unusual unexpected outcome of the uh, referendum in Colombia around the proposal to end the civil war down there with the rebels. We had, of course, the surprising outcome in the U.S. election, and we're all holding our breath right now to see what the outcome of the election will be in the presidential race in France within the coming week. So there's been tremendous geopolitical instability over the past 18 months. And that has a real impact on our members, the companies they work for, and the global economy in which they all have to work. We count on political stability as a necessary condition for conducting business. And uh, it impacts things like, and and we're seeing this play out in the headlines today, impacts things like tax and tariff policy and the cost of transportation of goods and extended supply networks. International relations impact uh, safety and stability of where you're doing business. So uh, geopolitical uncertainty seems to be a major issue that most companies and and professionals are dealing with today, and our conference is centered around that with two great keynote speakers. One is former uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Colin Powell, former Secretary of State, with his background who better to speak about managing incredibly complex logistics operations over widespread domains, uh, understanding the intersection with national politics globally uh, and and U.S. policy with respect to other countries. And his companion, keynote speaker, the former prime minister of the U.K., David Cameron, who will speak from a European perspective on what he sees happening in the rising tide of nationalism around the globe, likely impact of, uh, you know, England's now announced departure date for the European Union, uh, not only on England, but on the European Union and on other global economies. How diplomacy and international politics can influence the outcome and what companies can do within that network to help uh, diplomats and statespeople be more effective on their behalf. So it should be fascinating just hearing from two of those very accomplished, very seasoned statesman about the environment that we can oper- expect to operate in in, say, the next 18 to 24 months. Those are some really high-profile keynote speakers. That should be a treat for any attendees. 
speaking of attendees, who typically goes to the ISM conference? Well, you know, we're very proud that uh, it, it's become the, the can't-miss event in supply management on an annual basis. We'll get more than 2,500 attendees at the, at the conference. This year, in fact, the conference numbers are uh, pacing to be the highest they have ever been, which is continuing the trend over the last few years. Each year, we've hit a new hot water mark. And uh, we see a wide variety, as you would expect, of people attend. We've got, in the early career spectrum, because of our programs like the 30 Under 30 program and the Richter Scholar mm-hmm. program, uh, we're increasingly attracting early career professionals who are finding that ISM is a great event for them to learn, to engage on behalf of their companies, to network, to build their own networks. Uh, and we're delighted because for many reasons, including some demographic changes, we need to get that early generation in the workforce engaged earlier than, than otherwise might be necessary or, or optimal because we're going to need them to set up into leadership roles sooner than uh, their prior generations might have had to do so in the workforce. So that's that's critical. And then for your, your mid-career folks, we've got that program, which is incredibly highly rated by our attendees at every point in each year. And, uh, in fact, we, uh, we ask for satisfaction scores from the attendees on a five-point scale. And this, the scores are so above 4.95 at this point, I'm going to have to change the scales, I think, to a 10-point <laughs> scale in order to improvement going forward. That's a good problem to have. Great problem to have, and, and there's a reason for it. it. We have this incredibly experienced group of people who make up what we call the Conference Leadership Committee. They're practitioners, people who do the job every day. CPOs and other seasoned executives, they create the program, not the ISM staff. It's, you know, this program is built by practitioners for practitioners. I think that's why it's so strong. They identify the themes, they identify the specific topics, they identify the best speakers on those topics. And that's why those satisfaction scores are so high. So they do an incredible job, can't thank them enough. They feel personally very vested in giving back to the profession and helping advance the profession. That's their motivation. And it's reflected, that hard work is reflected. And by the way, it's a year-long process, but that hard work is reflected in you know, the, the satisfaction scores, the gratification that the, the professional community expresses back and saying, yeah, this was really great, and I got tons of value out of it. So we've got, for instance, this year, a really innovative structure. One of the, so, so we have these mirroring tracks. One of them is called boom, the other bust. We're kind of experiencing a boom cycle in the U.S. economy right now. We're really, in this first quarter, and the ISM uh, report on business data uh, firmly supports this, we're Right now, operating in a very strong U.S. economy, and you know, boom seems to be the operative word. Well, your playbook in boom times in procurement and supply management has certain plays in it, if you will, right? Certain areas where you focus and, and things that matter to you. you know, how do you drive the, continue to drive your company's momentum, drive the top line? And then in, in a bust cycle, which we can never actually ever lose sight of and probably... Let's just say the economic expansion, although it's been kind of not as strong as historic prior expansions, um, it's still a, kind of a long cycle. And we're going to have to anticipate at some point that the, that the tide will shift a little bit. And when the tide does shift, how do you operate in that bus cycle? In some ways, the role of supply management is even more critical if the economy hits a soft patch or even a downturn. 
And what's your playbook look like then? It's different than your boom playbook. And so we've got these these, boom, these parallel tracks that will allow practitioners to think about, okay, how do I keep the momentum going? How do I advance my company's agenda when times are good? And what do I need to be thinking about so that I'm ready you know, when the tide turns and I can shift gears as the company may have to shift gears and continue to deliver value on behalf of my firm? Uh, we also have, you know, a, a, a parallel tracks called top line and bottom line. Again, I love the the innovation of, of of pairing these two concepts because, in one way, supply management has always been very closely identified with um, the bottom line, right? But reducing costs with the supply base translates directly into higher profits and higher earnings per share and other financial measures. But sometimes we're less identified with the top line. How do you, you know, bring innovation into the organization that drives revenue growth? Well, that's a very real role for procurement and supply management. And I'm glad that we're taking time, to, you know, with experts to talk about here's how we're doing it at my company. So something, again, for people to focus on. Boom and bust, top line, bottom line. You'll see those kinds of dualities throughout the conference and an opportunity to, uh, you know, tailor your experience as an attendee to, uh, you know, what are your company's present objectives and your current priorities and to uh, go ahead and fine-tune your education around those points. So it sounds like there's going to be a lot of insightful events there for supply chain professionals. What other pieces of value can these professionals come away with? Well, you know, another consistent thing that we hear from our attendees is the increasing value of our exhibit floor. 94% of our attendees make a point of specifically going to the floor to meet with you know, potential suppliers or current suppliers. Sometimes they're organizing meetings to talk about their relationship. Anyone who's attended the event over the last five years will have noticed the surge. We're going to have over 100 exhibitors on the floor this year. So the number, the range, the quantity, the type of, of exhibitors is growing. The openness of the show floor is, is fabulous. It, it's free-flowing. It invites open conversation. You know, it's not a maze of pipe and drape like you might see in some it's mm. a very open and inviting environment and our attendees really value that they really value the chance to have those conversations this might be the one time a year in an unstructured and kind of open way where you can have conversations with people just to learn what's going on like any professional function within a company we don't operate by ourselves we operate in an ecosystem and increasingly that's an ecosystem that relies on technology to be effective you really can't be successful in supply management without understanding what the technology ecosystem looks like for your profession and how you can best use what's available out there for your company and your unique circumstances. And the, the conference exhibit floor is your, probably your best annual opportunity to get down there and see what's current, what's new, uh, what's evolving, uh, what's adapting, and you know, reflecting on that and bringing back and saying, you know, can any of this apply to my organization? Inevitably, some of it can, uh, and it's just a matter of finding that right opportunity and and uh, and then being able to jump on it when the time presents itself. So that's a, that's an incredible source of value, and you know we we all have to recognize that we, in order to be successful, we depend on our suppliers, right? Uh, right. And it's building that, that network that drives uh, success uh, for everyone involved. And then there are some there are some people who you know, companies specifically that we couldn't do this conference without. We need their support uh, and underwriting to put on such a high quality event. 
Um, you know, everybody from AdTrav, who sponsors the opening welcome event, which is a highlight of the conference for everyone, to Source One, who sponsors our Exec In event. That's the conference within a conference for CPOs, invitation only, focused on the very strategic level considerations that they have to deal with in managing their functions. Hmm. We've got AT Carney and Staples and Capital One and Pool for Tool. All these companies who um, understand the value of the, not only the function, but of investing in the function uh, in order to raise its stature and visibility. And, you know, we have to recognize that their support makes this annual event possible uh, and also underlines the strategic importance of what we do for a living. So without them, we couldn't do the great work that we're doing. It sounds like it's going to be a really interesting and informative time. So for anybody out there going to attend ISM, hope to see you guys in Orlando in May. And uh, Mr. Derry, if you need a podcaster out there, you know, I'm available. All right. Maybe I can arrange something. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. For more information on ISM 2017, go to ism2017.org. That's ism2017.org. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. All of these links will be available in the show notes. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.